Hey, this is Aaron Calvin. You're listening to the Young Life Midlands podcast. Hey, this is Alex. And this is Katie. Welcome to the Young Life Midlands podcast. Katie, it's real. This is like really happening. It's actually happening. This is a dream come true. Katie feels super silly because we are connected to a headphone and using the same headphone right now. Our faces are about six inches away. Y'all, welcome to the first installment of Thoughts on the Go. Alex, tell us about Thoughts on the Go. So we're going to do a little thing called Thoughts on the Go, and and it kind of stems from Luke 24 when uh, these two guys are on the road to Emmaus, and it says they were talking with each other about everything that happened, and as they talked, they discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked alongside them, and and Jesus kind of helped process with them everything that was going on, and so um, Thoughts on the Go is hoping to be something similar to that. So whether you're walking to class or heading to club or campaigners, the hope is that there'd be some cool thoughts and we get to process what the Lord's doing in our lives. All right, here's the first installment of Thoughts on the Go, and we're going to dive into this idea of what do you do when you're just kind of in a dry season of ministry, a dry season of life? Yeah, so quick backstory, when I got placed as a leader, my freshman year of college, I got placed. We were trying to start wildlife at this new school out in Lexington. And and to be honest, it really was dying before it even got started. And it was a long, I led there for two and a half years, and it was really long, dry, barren two and a half years. Um, and I'd be lying if I said it wasn't really hard and it, I didn't want to quit a lot of the time. And I didn't uh, doubt what God was doing there. Um, And it's just interesting. I think this is true for me as a freshman, sophomore in college, and probably a lot of college students that I just didn't understand the concept of seasons at all. I didn't know that that was a thing, that there would be seasons of really fruitful ministry and then also seasons of dry, barren ministry. And um, I think if anything, I look back on that two and a half years, you know, at the time it felt like the end of the world. It felt like that was how ministry was always going to be. And I look back at that now and see that I really did learn this crucial truth in there that, that sure, God wants us to be successful, but more than anything, God just wants us to be faithful and obedient. And now I can look back on those two and a half years and say, man, that, that was so formative and so like such good teaching and training for me. So I think in general, when, when I feel like there's a dry season, I, I just have to press into that truth of 1 Corinthians 4 that this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. And Moreover, what's required of stewards is that they be found faithful. I think I can be prone to fill in that that word faithful with so many different things, successful and productive and accepted and effective and uh, leaning into the, just the truth that, that ultimately God just wants me to be faithful. And growth is such an ambiguous thing, and numbers do not always equal faithfulness. And so for me, in dry seasons of ministry, Rather than just letting it become a dry season for me and my spiritual life, too, I think just pressing into that truth, like, am I being faithful? Am I doing what God asked me to do? Yeah, so when it comes to faithfulness and success, I feel like I love in Matthew when it talks about well done, good and faithful servant. And so many times I feel like it should say well done, good and successful. And I'm thankful it doesn't. Yeah. So where does that tend to take you when you're in, it feels fruitless, it feels like you're in a desert in ministry, where do you tend to go with that? Yeah, I mean, I think I can speak for me. It's one of two places. Either I'm going to push into God's truth and God's promises, and I'm going to keep my hand on the plow, and I'm going to keep going, 
or I'm going to just turn inward and let it be a dry season for my spiritual life as well. I'm going to stop being with Jesus. I, um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I feel like my, um, I believe these lies that I'm only as good as my minister is doing. And so yeah. if my minister is going really well, I'm doing really well. And if my minister is going really bad, I'm doing really bad. Absolutely. So what are some of the lies that you tend to believe in when ministry, again, is kind of slow? It's a good question. I mean, I think that would be the biggest one, that I'm doing something wrong, that I should be showing up more. I mean, I think I'm just such a doer um, that for me, when things are dry, is probably my tendency is going to be to go and go and do and do and work as hard as I can to try to make it better. Um, and then before long, the Lord's not even going to be a part of it. It's just going to be me and my own effort and whatever I can do. That's so funny. Cause I feel like mine's the opposite. If I feel like things are failing and not going well, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Like I, I'm just terrible at this. I'm not going to do anymore. I'm just going to quit because clearly I'm not good at this. I'm not gifted at this. The Lord's not in it with me, so I'm just, it's over. Yeah. I definitely think it's one or one of either for people. Yeah. I think Steve Gardner talked about this um, during our essay time two weeks ago, but that said he talked about the D's, the four D's that can either lead to um, a denial, which is just like, no, things are fine. Things are going totally fine. This isn't that big of a deal. Or a despair, which is what you're talking about, of just, uh, I'm going to sit on my couch and eat ice cream and watch Netflix. So true. Or um, I don't remember what the other D was. Maybe it was doing, like just I'm going to go, 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 and figure out how to do it on my own. When in reality, what the Lord wants is dependence. Today's podcast is sponsored by anyone who has ever run into an inanimate object with their car and those people who always show up five minutes early. We appreciate you. Okay, Katie, when you are in a dry spell in ministry, personally, what advice or what kind of inspires you to kind of get out of that? Yeah, that's a great question. There's this John Piper quote that I love and I use all the time. He says, uh, isn't God the kind of general who would allow tactical defeat for strategic victory? And I love war, obviously, so that's mm-hmm. mostly why I love it. But um, this idea that like there are going to be seasons of life and seasons of ministry that by all means feel like defeat. Like they look like defeat, they feel like defeat, um, but God is the kind of general that uses tactical defeat for strategic victory. And so in in those dry, barren seasons, do I believe that God is totally sovereign, that he has not dropped the ball, that he's not sweating, he's not wondering what he's going to do or how he's going to fix it, that he's completely in control. And I think when, you know, our our perspective is so limited, our vision is so nearsighted, and God's is not at all. And when we can press into that truth and believe that, I think that's what allows us to keep our hand on the plow and keep moving forward. Um, and I love the Psalm 126, where he says, those who sow with tears will reap with shouts of joy. And so I think the bottom line, the truth that I try to push into and that I would encourage other people is, uh, do you believe that God can take dry and barren and tough seasons of life and of ministry and in his wisdom and power and love that he can turn them into something that is full of joy? Yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm reminded too of in the story of Hosea with Hosea marrying Gomar, the you know the prostitute, the hooker, and um, I love. I think it's in chapter two or three where he kind of says, uh, 
Jose or Gomar, I'm going to take away your vineyards. I'm going to take away your wells. I'm going to take away all these things. And like, I'm, I'm going to put you in a desert. And it seems really harsh. And, and then he kind of pauses. It's like, and when you have nothing else to rest on, it is there that you will no longer call me master, but call me husband. Yeah. And I'm going to be your husband. And I'm going to give you back all these things that are going to be, your life is going to be more full and richer for having lost them, for not having them. Yeah, I love that scripture and just the idea that God knows our need for the desert and that he puts us there with restoration in mind. Like that's the end goal always. Mm -hmm. Um, Also fun with George Washington, what he was really famous for was never really winning anything, but was knowing when to give up and fight another day. And so he would lose most of the battles. And then it was, hey, lived. I think literally the phrase live to fight another day came from his strategy of fight. Retreat, fight, retreat, fight, retreat over and over again. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, fact. What about you, Alex? Where do you go to in dry seasons of ministry or of life? For me, I'm always struggling with the idea of going to the high school, going to ministry. I just kind of feel indifferent at times. I kind of forget the end result that is kind of kids in high school are kind of running as far away as they can from God. And I'm kind of a indifferent about that it's not like i don't care i'm just kind of like "Eh." and i and i know when i'm in that season it's not good and normally it could be the maybe it's a dry season in ministry or just me personally i'm just kind of dying and so i love to go to kind of old dead guys and read biographies of kind of heroes of the faith because their stories just inspire me to keep going and going and going and so there are a couple quotes that i feel for me that I kind of listen to and kind of maybe inspire me to get up and, and, and get going. Uh, a couple of them, one, Jim Elliott, like I love Jim Elliott and his ministry. And, you know, he, he, he passed away, died. He was a martyr for the faith, trying to save this tribe that had no idea who Jesus was. And the one thing he said, and I never know if I say their names right, but he says in his journals, how dare I stay home while the Quinchinos perish? And I think I just replaced that with how dare I stay home while high school kids perish? Like, How can I sit at my house and not go to the school when there are kids who are perishing right now? And another great one is C.T. Studd. He said, some want to live within the sound of church or the chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. And I think I just love this idea. Again, probably this warrior feeling of, hey, there are kids who don't know the greatest story ever. Like They don't know they are loved by the God of the universe. And I want to set up my shop right there, right yeah. in the midst of this craziness to get to tell them that there's a God who doesn't just love them, but he likes them like crazy. Yeah, I think that quote should be like the motto of Young Life. I think that sums up what Young Life is Yeah, pretty perfectly. Oh, man. And, and I feel sometimes with I get also to the spot of, if I don't do it, somebody else will. And that's like the scariest lie to kind of yeah. believe in over and over again. And um, The bystander effect. Yes. Or I feel like, oh, uh, it's such a, like, sometimes I feel like uh, it's such a sacrifice. Like I'm, I'm sacrificing so much by doing this. I could be doing other things. And, and there's another guy named David Livingston. Maybe it was David Livingstone. I don't really know. But uh, here's a great thing he says. He says, if a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? Hmm. And I just like a gut wrench go, 
how could I think serving our God is a sacrifice? Like it's the greatest honor that we get to do. And there's nothing more important than I could be doing with my life than running after lost people. Yeah. I love this one, this Charles Spurgeon quote. We're we're on to quotes right now. Um, This one always puts a fire under my butt a little bit. But um, it says, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. If they will perish, let them perish with our arms about their knees. Let no one go unwarned or unprayed for. But just this idea of what's at stake if I'm just sitting at home hoping somebody else will go and do it. Yeah. And I think that's what comes back to how do I get out of my, how do I get personally get out of my own funk or dryness is I remember what's at stake. Yeah. I remember that like what's at stake is kids and our friend, not just high schoolers, but all of us. Like there are people who don't know this incredible story. They don't know who God is. They don't know the gospel. And I shouldn't be okay with that. Katie, you and I both were involved in Young Life kind of through most of our high school experience. We both had leaders who we kind of admired, probably talked to, asked for wisdom. This would just be a fun question to ask. What is one thing you learned from your Young Life leader? My, to give you a picture of my leader, he looked like Napoleon Dynamite with the fro. Mm. So he was a goofy looking guy and he was awesome. And I remember when I became a leader for the first time in college, I remember asking him, I said, hey, Tim, what, what kind of advice would you give me? Like, what do I need to do? And I remember not expecting maybe something profound, but I kind of felt like he gave me something that I probably tell people still to this day, which he was like, Alex, you know, I was always really scared to talk to you about Jesus. <laughs> he was like, I wasn't, I wasn't very courageous when it came to that, except in club talks. And so he's like, I kind of made this promise with God when I became a leader that said, I will, at every occasion I can, I will always be at the school and I will always show up and I'll constantly show up. And God, you need to show up and do the rest. Hmm. And it was this like faithfulness that, I mean, five days a week when school got out, there was Tim hanging out and I could always count on him. Like we would always go and hang out after that, him and all our friends. And so when it came to, I think his faithfulness, I just learned, I need to constantly keep showing up regardless and then trust God will do his job. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, When I think of Jenna, this is maybe a more concise way to say this, but I feel like the thing that she would always say, so simple, nothing profound, but she would always say like, Katie, Jesus really is it. Like he really is it. He um, is the only thing you need. He meets all of those needs. Anytime I would come and I was upset about something or, um, I wanted advice for something, I feel like I was always being pointed back to the truth of God's word and this idea that, that Jesus was it and that he was enough for me despite the circumstances, despite, you know, suffering, despite good seasons, bad seasons, that Jesus was absolutely it. Well, this was Thoughts on the Go with Alex and Katie. Until next time. See ya. Um, I should be growing all the time with my relation with the Lord.